The Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And as always, it's all good, baby, baby. Oh, it was all a dream. We used to read Blood Horse Magazine. I'm your host, Chase Sessoms, the Wolf of Oakland. And man, I don't know what to say about this BC weekend. I saw things that I cannot comprehend. And whenever I see things that I cannot comprehend, I bring in someone much smarter than me. To help me put it into perspective, ladies and gentlemen, joining me today, you might know him from his work with America's Best Racing, Mr. Dan Torgman. Dan, how's it going, buddy? Good, man. I'm uh, I'm feeling all right after that weekend. It was a lot of a lot of highs, a couple of lows, a lot of highs though. Uh, both, I think, on the um, sort of wagering side, and then also <laughs> the 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 story side, like the overall horse racing story side. It, it's exciting. We come out of the weekend with, with a lot of good storylines. Yeah. So were you? I can't remember. Did you actually go to Lexington, or were you at home for this one? I was home. I was home. Yeah. I was actually uh, working remotely, kind of managing some of the ABR channels while our team on the uh, on the ground at uh, Keeneland did their thing and just, you know, absolutely crushed it. We got videos coming out the next few days. Uh, check out our social channels for those and uh, just a lot of great stuff on our social channels. So, yeah, definitely check those out. Some Somehow every like BC weekend and every Kentucky Derby weekend, something wonderful happens. And that is my wife subconsciously plans a trip to go and visit her parents, uh, you know, an hour and a half, two hours away and to take the kids uh, with her. And so when she comes back, it just it smells like, uh, I don't know, uh, sweat equity and Red Bull <laughs> and ass. Um <laughs> But, you know, had the, oh, had the house to God. myself to completely enjoy the weekend and everything. And man, like I it was weird. Uh, I, I was a very interesting mix of incredibly right and incredibly wrong uh, all mm-hmm. at the same time. <clears throat> like, uh, I don't know, the juvenile Phillies. I, I did the preview for that for uh, for or sorry, the, just the juvenile. I did the preview for that for HRN and just nailed it with Forte. Uh, mm-hmm. And then then I had horses like Pogo and uh, Ooh. yeah. Yeah, and then Pogo started take, getting some steam behind him, though, is the funny thing. So I felt uber confident about Pogo. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I didn't even know there was a horse named Pogo who ran this past weekend. Yep, I was doing this, uh, doing the pick six show with Ryan Dickey, and uh, <laughs> I was talking about Pogo. I was like, you know, he he spent the winter, you know, early spring winter in, uh, you know, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, Dubai. He Dubai bounced, and Ryan was like, so Pogo bounced. I was like, shit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah at, least, at least you worked that in. And, and after hearing that, I'm convinced that's the only reason why you went with the horse. Um, but I, I, I honestly, as we sit here, 
uh, had no idea, like, as we are, like, now, what, 48 hours removed from the Breeders' Like, I, I had no idea that the horse even raced at the Breeders' Cup. So, and, and, that, and that's incredible because I spend about, probably about 120 hours handicapping the Breeders' Cup. I, I got very locked in on uh, European, well, we don't say cheap speed on this show because it's, it's you know, it's just a mean term. Uh, inexpensive velocity. I got locked <laughs> in on European inexpensive velocity with uh, I think it was a Spirit Gal on on you know on Future Stars Friday, and then Pogo, who I thought was gonna be sitting that pocket trip. Uh, yeah. It. Oh, uh, who else was it? No, no. I think those were just the two where I saw replays of a horse winning on the front end in in Europe. I was like, yes, this is the greatest horse Europe has created. <laughs> and it turns out none of that was true. Well, um, yeah, look, I mean, you, you kind of, you know, you pick yourself back up and, and, and you go back at him. You got to take those shots every once in a while. I think I've learned that, like, if I'm going to be out there publicly, like getting behind like a 50 to 60 to one shot, I, I unless I'm like supremely confident, which is always hard. There's always going to be a question mark around a horse like that. I'm going to say, look, you know, I'm not saying this horse is going to win by 10 lanes, but you may want to consider using this horse on, you know, your, you know, on your tickets. I mean, like, like, and so that, that was kind of my feeling with a horse like Carabelle, right? Like who I, I didn't think was coming in as in, in, in as good a form as um, I would have liked to have seen. So like, she wasn't my top pick, but she's a horse that I'd been behind for so long. I actually remember her like when she was, you know, first, you know, racing in Maryland. And like, I had such a tie to the horse. I've never loved the horse for three years. I was like, I'm going to put some money on this horse. Luckily I pushed out a tweet where a couple of people actually followed me and like, you know, we're also going to put some money on this horse. And that was probably like sort of the betting highlight of the weekend. But uh, I had a few others and you know, that's what it is. You got to be right once or twice. And, and it really helps like, you know, lift that like stench of, you know, embarrassment when you're completely wrong with a horse like Pogo. Cause if you ride a couple of times, you should be ahead of the game at, at the end of Breeders' Cup weekend. So this is the horse that uh, has me confused about what kind of self-esteem and how highly I should think of myself, which is uh, I was all over Stone Age to win the turf. Mm. And Stone Age ran a very game race but finished second, paid, what, 19-something to, to mm. place and show. Uh, I think I believe I actually got just kind of cute and uh, decided, no, I don't need place and show. I don't, I don't need a... <laughs> A horse that's only getting like seventy two thousand of a one million dollar place pool to bet that horse place. No, just bet it to win. Oh, Ride or die. Yeah. Ride or die. It's yeah. It's it's so easy to get caught up in the whole. You know, everybody's like, well, ride your opinions and and be firm and and don't allow you know just hammer them and hammer them and hammer them. Yeah, like if you've got a bankroll, if you've got like, you know, a couple million dollars in the bank and your budget for the weekend is, you know, $20,000, go ahead and hammer, you know, your, your 20 to one shot just to win. But if you're just trying to grind your way through on, on a weekend uh, and, you know, hopefully come out a couple of bucks ahead, I, I, you bet anything over 10 to one to place at the very least, um, especially at the Breeders' Cup, if you have a strong opinion on the horse. Yeah, it's uh, it's something that I hear Nick Saban uh, say that I think a couple of like quarterbacks have taken as their mantra, which is you never go broke making a profit. Yep, that's exactly right. All right, so we're going to take a quick break here at the Notorious OTV. When we come back, I've got a little game set up for Mr. Mr. Dan Torgman. Uh, we're going to see how he does in our first edition of Run For It or Back That Ass Up. We will be right back on the Notorious OTV. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. 
for bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with win rewards on WinBet. Be on the lookout for the WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100.00 win $100. There's so much to choose from and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change, service conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through winbet is available. If you're someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the Notorious OTV brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Dan, do you know what I'm constantly impressed by? Um, your facial hair. Oh, yes. But uh, it's how well Cash Money Records rapper Juvenile uh, planned for his future and took care of his money. Because for years now, he's been able to have an entire day at the Breeders' Cup named after him with all the races, the Juvenile. That's just impressive. I I mean, all I got to say is the, the man played the long game when it came to his finances. Slow motion for me. Slow motion for me. Moving slow motion for me. Oh, I like it like that. So in honor of Juvie the Great, we're, I got a little game here for, for Dan. We're going to take a look at the juvenile Phillies and the juvenile. And I'm going to ask him, these horses have chances to move forward. And if you think so, it's a run for it, or if you think the horse does not have a bright future, the answer is back that ass up. So, I've got five horses picked out. Let's go with number one, Chocolate Gelato. Horse had a lot of steam behind it. A lot of steam behind it going into this, but if you look into it, it only won the backwaduct Frisette with a really slow figure in the slop. Ended up the second betting choice in the race, finished second to last. Mm. You want to say run for it or back that? I do. I it's exactly how I want you to do it. Back yes. that what? Um, <laughs> run for it. I'm gonna go. And run you had a second line, and them boys got a gun. You better run for it. Run for it. Run. 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 Well, I mean, I look, I, I this was not one of the ones that I was I was expecting to be honest, but the reason run for it because she was my top pick. And so I'm gonna like I, I'm gonna See, go ahead. It seems excessively spiteful now that I do this. <laughs> and uh look, especially the way the track was playing, and this is something that'll be a theme. The way the track was playing, especially the dirt track, uh the inner per- portion of the track all day Friday um is where you had to be. You had to be one or two path. And um, Friday, uh, Saturday as well, early Saturday, you had to be on the inside or near the front end. Uh, breaking from the 10 post, uh, she was up against it. And I think that we've seen her run her best races, which, which she's been up near, near the lead. And when she's been able to save a little bit of ground um, and without that uh, exact setup on a track that was favoring inside speed and horses that were you know able to get to the inside, 
Um, I think she was up against it. I, I think all these all these dirt races probably need a, a closer assessment, a closer look at at them. That being said, Wonder Wheel I thought ran a spectacular race, and she was my uh, second choice. And my third choice was Sabra Tuff at seventy to one who finished fourth. So I felt I felt great about that. But yes, um, don't 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 completely um, move on from Chocolate Gelato. I, I think she's an extremely talented horse. So I feel like I know what your answer is going to be with this one because uh, I, I bring it up with uh, Wonder Wheel, the $15 winner in the Juvenile Phillies. And uh, my note here is kind of the same note that you have for most of Friday or all of Friday and a lot of Saturday, which was, uh, you know, good rail and the horse saves all the ground and sneaks up the rail to give Tyler, Tyler Gaffleone his first uh, Breeders' Cup win. So going forward, does run for it? Do we run for it? Or do we back that ass up with Wonder Wheel? We run for it. If you had a second line and them boys got it done, you better run for it, run for it, run. So you, even though the horse was running on just the best part at this race, pretty much it's, it's entire, you know, it's way the entire way you say run for it with Wonder Wheel. Yeah, it's the way she did it. I mean, she 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 really did look like the winner the whole, the entire time. And I thought that even with a bit more more adversity, she, she would have still won. Um, I, I thought she was super impressive. So um, I, I, I would run for it. Look, I, I'm not saying this is your, your Oaks winner next year, but I think she should have, if she stays healthy, a really, a really nice um, three-year-old campaign. I do wonder going along with her. I, I think she's probably going to be best. I, I think Mama 16 is probably her, her ceiling. Um, and so, yes, the fact that, you know, she was able to, to kind of get the dream set up, get to the front, and and open up a bit of a lead certainly played to her advantage. I think she's gonna be able to do that a lot going into next year. But as she goes longer and as she comes up against other horses with with speed, she's gonna have to show a bit more uh, versatility. But but I think she's she's a really quality horse. Here was my top pick for the juvenile Phillies, and it's a good news for you because it lost in the match race between our top picks. Uh, y- your top pick actually edged out my top pick, Chop Chop, for uh, next to last, whereas Chop Chop finished. <laughs> Stinking ass last. <laughs> they did love Chop Chop. Chop Chop went off as your betting favorite, even though the horse had never won a graded stakes. It was all coming off of a strong second in the Alcibiades. So with Chop Chop, do we run for it or do we back that ass up? You got to back that ass up. Girl, you looks good. Won't you back that ass up? Motherfucker, won't you back that ass up? I, yeah, I was it just Brad Cox steam? You think that that got Chop Chop to be the betting favorite? Yeah, I mean, look, and I mean, she had a good race uh, over the over the dirt there in the, in the Alcibiades, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, look, it was she she don't we'd only seen her once on the dirt. Um, there, there's a reason I'm assuming that they they started her out on turf. I think they probably will go back to the turf with her at some point. Um, so yeah, in terms of her being a legitimate, uh, dirt, uh, you know, uh, contender in, in this division next year, I don't know. I, I, I think Cox will probably come up with, uh, with some better options. All right. So we're going to move on to the actual juvenile and let's go ahead. We're going to start with the winner. Number four, Forte was five to one, beat a two to five cave rock, but also another horse that might've had everything. It's way this race. So do we run for it or do we back that ass up with Forte? Run for it. If you had a second line and them boys got it done, you better run for it, run for it, run. 
I love that just classic Lil Wayne before he drank so much syrup that he was just brain dead. Hitting those high notes. Yeah. So yeah. we say run for it. We we disregard the fact that there might have been a bias working for it. We just uh, you know, and also a very strong, you know, pace scenario, a lot of pace for for yeah. Forte to target. So I felt like there was a lot going for it, but you still think that this is a horse that, that can keep maturing and actually, you know, maybe be a wager in the uh, Kentucky Derby's futures pool. Yeah, no, he benefited from a trip, no doubt. And, and from that pace specifically, I, like you looked at the race before and you're like, okay, look, hurricane J is the wild card. If hurricane J goes, makes cave rock work. It could set up for a horse from off the pace. We just didn't see too many horses finishing from well off the pace. And so like at that point, in the day, you're like, all right, well, is this is this track starting to even out? Will it start to even out? Can Forte still manage a trip? And like the 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 common thread here, Irad Ortiz rode some spectacular races, especially on Saturday. I mean, just just understood the way the track w- was was playing, and made sure that he saved every bit of ground with all of his horses that were breaking from the outside. With the with the with the draw on Forte, though, it, you know, it, it kind of more naturally set up for him. Um, like he's won twice now at Keeneland. Um, he won the um, the hopeful at uh, Saratoga, won on debut at Belmont by almost eight lanes. You now have a horse who's won at three different tracks, um, all, you know, low to, to mid-90 buyers um, in, in, in his most recent um, and then this Breeders' Cup effort. I, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like he's been, for whatever reason, not given – the credit he deserves but i i think i think he's legit you know i i think forte would be really interesting in a, a race like the kentucky derby especially if you see a horse like cave rock or at least mm-hmm. a couple horses like cave rock actually make it into the race because they're gonna have to handle all that distance and they have one move which is to run fast early and i gotta think you're gonna see a lot of those types of horses because we you've gotten the few, last few years where you have just kind of like all your winners just very one like homogenous run style of go to the front very fast and outrun everybody to the you know all the way around and it seems like now everyone's training that kind of horse to to make a, a run at the uh the triple crown maybe it's gonna start setting up more for for off the pace horses like forte that can actually you know target have a little bit of tactical speed yeah but i mean i wouldn't be naive to the fact that Next year's Kentucky Derby, um, we'll, we'll, or, or, or Oaks, um, expect those to be speed favoring dirt tracks, right? I mean, sure. like that, that, that's that's the way it is on every Triple Crown Day, the way it is on every Breeders' Cup weekend. I hate that I've become such a, um, you know, I've allowed like all of my logic to go through that that funnel of like of of. of the track being speed biased and it's not even like i like because i don't want to be one of these people who's like oh the damn track was speed biased and you know like you know all the race you know was all screwed up and it's like no like prepare for that handicap your races as if the track will be playing fair but know that you'll be watching the first four or five dirt races of the day and four of the, the horses on the front end will win no matter how fast they go no matter how bad they are and that you might have one or two horses who are like, you know, within the two path, like, you know, who will pull maybe finish, you know, finish up nicely and, and edge out a horse who's been on the lead. But uh, look, it, it could set up that way where there's a five way go. Then again, we do remember, you know, horses like Medina Spirit and Authentic who were, you know, just went super fast on the front end and stayed there. And, um, 
you know, we'll see what happens moving into next year. But um, I don't, are you going to ask about Cave Rock? Do you want my, my assessment of Cave Rock? Uh, yeah, absolutely. That that was going to be the next one was Cave Rock, who threw down in a pay stool with Hurricane Jay, faded to only second, and might have been the heaviest bet uh, juvenile horse of all time at two to five. Look at the mask with my boy. So, yeah, Cave Cave Rock. That that's interesting. There's a lot to consider with Cave Rock. I think. Yeah, dude. Can I can I just say it? Sure. Back that ass way. Yeah, too many question marks, right? <laughs> too many question marks, and exposed is one dimensional. That's my thoughts on it. Yeah. Um. Look, if we've seen anything, I mean, remember one? I mean, remember Corniche last year? Like Baffert has had horses that that are you know these early blooming speed freaks who do really well, uh, you know, closing out their two-year-old season, and then you don't hear from him again. Yes, I know he had horses like uh, like American Pharaoh, for example, who, who also missed the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, but who was obviously good at two. But he's also had plenty of horses who were just, you know, those, like, beasts this time of year who you'd never heard from in their three-year-old season. I don't want to say you're never going to hear from Cave Rock, but you're probably not going to hear much from Cave Rock next year. I don't think you hear much from Cave Rock at a classic distance. This seems like a one mile, seven furlong kind of horse to me. Just, mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely, absolutely exposed as a one dimensional runner who absolutely needs the lead. And uh, I mean, it was the first time the horse has ever really had to duel for it with uh, Hurricane Jay, who just got God bless you for doing the dirty work is all I got to say, because not only did you force the duel, but you won the rail and forced the horse into a bad path for the entire way around. So mm-hmm. you the real MVP of Hurricane <laughs> Jay. Yeah. Pletcher should, uh, should send a little gift basket to Paolo Lobo. Um, I'm, I'm assuming you bought him a drink after the race. Uh, yeah. Hurricane Jay did all the dirty work. And, and to your point, like I think cave rock is not only going to be, uh, distance compromised as time goes on. He's also going to prove to be one of these horses who, you know, is just in the classic mold of uh, the Baffert to peak early at two, who are just physically, you know, that much more uh, kind of naturally gifted. Um, I, I, you could just see this horse sort of completely fizzling out. And, you know, you might see him, like you said, in, you know, try and, you know, maybe take another shot at a mile in the 16th or a mile in the eighth moving into next year. But after that doesn't go well, um, you know, they'll probably reset expectations with the horse. Ladies and gentlemen, your 2023 Malibu Stakes winner, <laughs> Cave Rock. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break here at the Notorious OTB. And when we get back, you know there's going to be some flight line talk on deck. We will be right back. Get your holiday shopping done early at the SGPN Merch Store. SGPN gear is the perfect stocking stuffer for the D-Gen in your life. You know what would make me a happy man for Christmas? Is when all the kids are unwrapping their presents. If I was unwrapping a baby fucking whale shirt out of the SGPN merch store. Plus, from now until Thanksgiving, you can get 10% off when you use the promo code DALLASSUCKS. That's store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Promo code DALLASSUCKS. All one word. I think you have to have the explanation to. These fuckers are petty. 
Welcome back to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I got Dan Torchman with me. We are talking Breeders' Cup weekend. Uh, yeah, before we get into, into Flightline, uh, this is a sad day at the Notorious OTV because uh, Jackie's Warrior ran uh, his last race. He's now retired, which means that we now have to retire this sound drop. Corn dogs, Jackie. Corn dogs for all these people. That's- Sadly, Jackie has bought his last round of corn dogs, and we will be holding on to that, I guess, until the first crop of little Jackie's Warriors show up. So, uh, yeah, so Jackie's Warrior, amazing career, terrible, awful, disappointing Breeders' Cup appearances, three in a row, just bad Breeders' Cup appearances between uh, the just debacle that was the sprint at, at Del Mar, uh, I believe a bad start out of the gate in the in the BC Juvenile uh, two years ago, and then this year, just you know, dueled out of it, completely dueled out of it. Do you do you have any mournful words for Jackie's Warrior? Where do you put Jackie's Warrior as <laughs> in the scope of history? Uh, because I mean, very excellent horse had done some remarkable things in terms of what stakes races it won in Saratoga as a two year old, three year old, four year old, oh, yeah. uh, but also, I mean, didn't win the big game. It's yeah. just like the Dan Marino of horses. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not really shedding too much of a tear for this horse. I mean, he did earn about $3 million and um, had some real memorable wins. Like, yeah, like I, he didn't get his his Breeders' Cup, but um, I think we'll remember Jackie's Warrior as a really, really solid horse. And I and I especially don't mind it because my the race that I made the most money on this weekend was, was that race. It was on Elite Power. So, um uh, no heartbreak for me. I love the leap power. I ride Ortiz again, heads up ride. And I almost moved off of elite power. Cause I'm like, Oh God, this horse is going to you know, have to cover a little extra ground is not going to get to the front. How is he going to do it? But I think without even having seen them go over the track, uh, the race before, but the race prior was a turf race. I'm assuming they worked on the track between races because from that point on, from the sprint on, horses were were making moves from off the pace on the dirt, and so um, it certainly played to my advantage. So thank you, Keeneland um, grounds crew and superintendent. I appreciate you. Um, and Elite Power was like a big score for me, so I was happy to get by Jackie's Warrior there. I've never had any you know particular attachment to the horse. Just it, it, you always like to see these really you know fun sort of you know freakishly fast horses who can go to the front, take pressure, and and kick on. We saw him do it so many times. Um, uh, Jackie's war is an awesome horse. Just, um, I, I don't take anything away from him for not winning the Breeders' Cup. I, I think my problem is that like, I'm, I'm searching for a new Whitmore, like a, you know, <laughs> like an adopted kid might search for their biological parents. Like it's just something I, I need in my life is another just studly, you know, Asmussen uh, sprinter who wins absolutely everything for like eight years in a row. <laughs> <laughs> well um I, maybe i'm sure another one will emerge soon um eventually they're, yeah they're there he's got you know there's like a factory where like these horses are created and and he and he gets first dibs on all of them all right so let's talk about what everyone has probably been waiting for us to talk about uh flight Pogo? line at- yeah, exactly yeah no we're gonna bounce right over that one and straight to the classic <laughs> with flight line uh I mean, what, one by eight and a quarter lengths, largest margin in, in Breeders' Cup classic uh, history. And I, I don't know, I, I think probably Larry Colmo's kind of nailed it on this call. Let's listen to the stretch run. Come on to the three-leg lead. 
Weiss is good, trying to clean the second, Kiba is third, down to the 16th ball, it is flightline, it is spine tingling, jaw-dropping, awe-inspiring, secretariat-like, Breeders' Cup Classic win! I'd be mad if if I were Flightline and they said Secretariat, like, especially if I'm winning, you know, there it feels like he's got claim to greatest horse of all time right now. So you want to be like, nah, man, you know, it's like LeBron. He's like, probably like, no, don't call me the next Jordan. I'm the next LeBron. That's what, that's what's <laughs> up. Except with Flightline. And man, I first, first of all, at the opening quarter, opening half, I thought the horse was cooked. I was like, we're going to see an upset. This is going mm. to happen. We're about to see an upset because they went 22 and then 45. Uh, the rail good for most of the weekend. You said they might've worked on it a little bit, but still you had to think there's a little bit of an inside bias there, especially looking at like where uh, Taiba and uh, 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 Olympiad were running through, through the uh, race and how they were able to make up some ground. Of course they're running at a dead ass tired life is good, but I will say the overhead view from the blimp or helicopter or drone or whatever, whenever flight lines start separating is one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, I look. I, I tweeted right after the race. That's the greatest horse of all time. Um, I have had time to to sober up, think about it, um, and then I'll tell you today that that's the greatest horse of all time. Um, people can come at me. They can come at any of us who who make that case and say, "Well, well, no. What are you talking about? I mean, a horse who races six times in his career. I, I'm aware of the fact that he raced six times in his career. I didn't say he had the lengthiest resume of all time. I didn't say he sustained it." for the longest period of time. I just said he's the greatest of all time. Like you give me one horse in one race and I could pick any horse throughout history to run that race at their prime, it's going to be flight line. Right. I, people brought up ghost zapper. They brought up cigar. I watched ghost zapper and cigar as a kid. I've watched, I watched all their races. Um, I'm obviously somebody who's watched a ton of replays on YouTube and everywhere else on secretariat man of war whatever you want to throw at me and you could bring in you know final times you could bring in buyer speed figures you could bring whatever you want visually if you can't watch flight line and see what he's doing how he does it regardless of pace scenario regardless of competition which by the way life is good is better than any horse any horse that Secretariat ever ran again against, including Sham. And I realize that life is good is compromised at, at a distance. But in terms of quality of horse, life is good is better than anything Secretariat ever ran against. And, and I would I, I would argue anyone who wants to make that case, he's also better than anything that Ghost Sapper ever ran against. And I mean, he made the horse look like he was just you know, not even there. He just he, he just absolutely just strolled by him. And then you got the rest of this field. That is spectacular. I mean, Epicenter, obviously, we know got hurt, unfortunately. Um, but obviously, as we know, uh, Epicenter was not w- was not going to make any dent on the day. Um, you got a horse in, in Taiba who is, you know, I think moving forward. I mean, he 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 looks like a pretty imposing horse, and I and, and ran a massive race, beat these horses like, like it was nothing. And he did the same thing in California against a little bit of a lesser group. But um, for my money, Flightline, he, I had already started to feel like, like we were watching the greatest horse of all time. After watching the classic, I am absolutely convinced he's the greatest horse of all time. I mean, what happens when, they, when Pratt finally asks this horse is the question that we'll never get the answer to. Like, how, how, 
even more freakish could this horse be if Pratt ever had to go to the whip? Exactly. Like, it. He, yep. We saw him in five <laughs> starts in California where he never moved his hands. He was still as a yep. statue all the way around. He finally just kind of moved his hands in the classic and the horse responded like a fucking rocket down the stretch. It just kept separating. So I, what I really like, well, I don't like that, that fly line is retiring early, but I do appreciate that it's created this situation now where we as horse racing fans have the constant debate now over who was the greatest of all time. Was it secretariat? Was it flight line? And that they, neither of them ran any of the same races. Like ha- yeah. there's no crossover in competition. So it's all, I mean, I love it because it's a never ending debate. The debate there will never cease. Yeah. And it's a fun debate too. It is like, I'm not going to tell anybody who tells me the secretary was better than flight than flight line that they're crazy. Right. I mean, I, 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 I think they're wrong, um, but but I can make a case based on raw power. The fact that you just brought up that he's never even been asked. He has never been asked in a race, and he's won by a combined seventy five lengths. Um, he, you know, he just does it with such ease. He's also beating. I mean, these have been decent sized fields. I mean, you know, not massive, but he's beating you know six, seven, eight horses a race. Whereas Secretariat, I mean, look, go back and look at his races. He's beating like four or five horses, right? right. I mean, like, you know, you, and you go back even farther than that. I mean, yes, I mean, in, in, in some of the bigger stakes races, you might see a few more horses. But, you know, people complain today about like four, five, six horse stakes fields. It's the same thing it was back then. Sometimes it was it was three horses, you know, like, I mean, especially if you want to go back to Man of War, who do you think was, was running against him? Nobody. Um, the fact that we got a full field for the classic and it was a full, com- full competitive field uh, that featured the Derby winner, um, like multiple graded stakes winner and Olympiad, um, the up and coming horses in, in Epicenter and Taiba, and then really a horse who who had, you know, I think every stake to, you know, flight line weren't in the mix this year would be horse of the year and life is good. Um, you have this just super, super quality field and he just embarrasses them without trying um, I, I don't know that we'll ever see this again. I mean, I, I, I really, I, I really don't. I saw somebody also tweeted something to the effect of like, you know, for anyone who's bringing American Pharaoh into the conversation, just keep in mind that the one time a horse looked him in the eye was keen ice and he, and he rolled right by, right. <laughs> um, you know, meanwhile, you had, you had him, you had flight line eye to eye, shoulder to shoulder with life is good with life is good going as fast as he possibly could. And he just said, yeah, good try. Bye. And he just, just ran away from him. Yeah. It, watching, watching that overhead view that they gave from helicopter, or whatever. Uh, it was like watching a bunch of cops chase someone in a Lamborghini. And that, <laughs> and then at a certain point, the Lamborghini is just like deuces and, and, you know, peels off. Uh, yeah, it was like a bunch of Crown Vicks chasing a fucking Countach is what it, what it ended up like. Um, man, I, that's that's going to be it for the for the Breeders' Cup recap with Dan. Wait, Torchman. wait, 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 wait. Before we go, before we okay. go, let, let, let's okay. end on something that everybody can agree on. Okay. Cody's Wish. I mean, how amazing is that horse, is that story? Um, like... I was, I was, I, I don't know if I texted this or I tweeted this, but I was telling my daddy that I was like, I don't know if I'm crying right now because of all the tickets that I, that I just lost or because of this story. But, but seriously, that, that, 
that shot, that continuous shot on Cody Dorman and his dad and his sister um, and the whole family there, um, and then the winner's circle shot was just just so powerful. Um, and it's one of those things where, you know, we get so caught up in the handicapping and projecting, you know, oh, here's what we need to do to make money. And you watch that and, like, I, I honestly it didn't matter to me. Like, like no, nothing mattered other than, like, the joy that this boy and his family are feeling right now is, is, is just more important than anything. I, it, see, it was very, it was very tailor-made for TV. That is, that is for certain, which, um, God, God damn it. I love horse players because like <laughs> uh, immediately, like there was, there was like, well, we should have known tailor-made moment for TV. <laughs> Horse was a lock. It's like, God bless you guys. God bless yeah. you for, for keeping that in mind. Uh, you know, I, it was touching, but part, but it was also like, if this were like a, like a Belterra claimer that, you know, made it to the breeders cup with the, the Cody backstory, like I would have, I would, yeah, I would have cried like a, a baby at that point, but like a Godolphin horse where the Godolphin silks like it's like oh okay no it is a cool story it is a cool story it is touching but like give me a you know like a like an impoverished urban youth who makes a connection with the horse and I, I'm all in I'm definitely all in it's just you know look I didn't say you checked all the boxes okay? <laughs> all right. I didn't say checked all the boxes but come on for, for what it is um... it was good it was a good moment it was a very good moment you don't you don't see that every every day at a at a racetrack. You don't see it every day in sports. And when it happens, um, you know, like to that kid and his family, it doesn't matter that it's you know Godolphin. If anything, because it was Godolphin, because they they had the ability, I'm sure they completely took care of every single need um, that, you know, Cody and his family had, and, and they made sure that, they, that this whole ride and journey has been incredible and all that. Whereas that might not have happened. Maybe you wouldn't have been able to be there and see it in person if it was another ownership group, whatever it might be. Um, it was just the perfect storm that, that he got to be there in the winter circle, you know, at the rail watching that. It's just, um, yeah. I don't know. It was, I, it was, it was spectacular. I appreciate you being my, my moral compass, my, my jaded personality <laughs> made me take some of the fun out of that. All right. That's going to do it here at the notorious OTV. Dan, you got anything going on? You want to plug? Um, no, keep an eye on America's best racing. We, um, this Thursday we launch, uh, I say no. And then I tell you just something you absolutely have to do. Go to America's best racing.net. We're launching the fan choice awards. Um, you vote it's different categories, different from like the eclipse awards, for example, where it's just like, you know, top in each, uh, category. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun, fun categories, including best gambling reaction, which is sort of a, a fan horse player submitted video category where they just submitted videos and we pick the top six videos of people just freaking out and losing their minds when they're, you know, when their horses I lose. retroactively nominate Chance Mockwit for uh, Whitmore's Breeders' Cup win a couple of years ago when he is losing uh. his mind. You've seen, you've seen it, I'm sure. <laughs> I have, yeah, I have, yeah. We we tried to, to limit it to just the past year, but yes, um, moving forward, I, I assume it's a category we're bringing back, um, keep an eye out for good potential um, nominees because uh, it's a fun category, and that's just one of them. We, we've got a bunch of other categories, and the incentive is, oh, why should you vote? Well, you know, who cares? You know, like, what? why should I vote? I smell um, a giveaway. I smell a giveaway. It's a huge giveaway. Um, we were going to select one voter to win a trip 
of their choice next year to either a triple crown race or to next year's breeders cup so um yeah 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 check it out america's best racing voting opens this thursday um and it runs for about a week so get in get in and get yourself a chance at uh, winning a pretty sweet trip next year absolutely that sounds amazing folks for real get that in go to the breeders cup it's amazing it's so much fun all right that's gonna be it for us we will catch you next time i guess we'll catch you wednesday for bankroll builder wednesday that's right the bbw show we'll see you next time <laughs>